Hey there, everyone. You're listening to Wrestling With Film Podcast. I'm your host, Bentley. And I'm your host, Will. And on today's episode, we have all wrestling, all episodes, so much wrestling to talk about. That's right. We've got a ton of wrestling news from all across the board today. We've got AEW, Impact, New Japan, a whole bunch of stuff going on in the indies. And then, of course, we've got NXT TakeOver 30 and SummerSlam, as well as Monday Night Raw to talk about. And in the middle of the show, we're also going to be touching on the last TWE Chattanooga show that we went to and just how great it was. Yeah, absolutely. That was probably one of my favorite shows that we've seen so far. So stay with us. We have a lot of wrestling to talk about today. everyone thank you so much for sticking with us so let's go ahead let's just jump right into the wrestling news we're going to talk about AEW, impact new japan and what's going on in the indies first will walk us through some of the events this week starting things off on the new japan side of things they've wrapped up their new japan u.s cup which the winner gets a guaranteed title shot at the iwgp united states championship and a match with john moxley who's currently got the belt but it was a pretty hard-hitting finish between david finley and the winner kenta so at some point later down the line unsure as to when we're gonna get john moxley versus kenta see how is that going to work like does aw not have the same like exclusivity <laughs> uh, arrangement so, that WWE has? They do, but a couple people have special deals like Moxley and Jericho both have deals that allow them to work in New Japan. They just can't work on any of the New Japan shows in the US. So I'm not sure when they're going to do the Moxley-Kenta match just because it's kind of hard to get into Japan right now. <laughs> yes, it is. So not sure when they're going to do that because, I mean, I don't think Kenta can even get into Japan right now. Can they do... Can they go somewhere else? I mean, great. Actually, I don't know where anyone can go because, like, no country wants us right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know if there's even, like, a, a middle ground. Like, they can even go to, you know, Canada or Guam. <laughs> I know that they're hopeful that they'll be able to import their people in by around November or so in time for the G1 Climax. Right. So it'll maybe happen around then, but I'm not sure. Personally, I think the smart move on their end would have would be to just go ahead and strip Moxley of the belt for the second time and just give the belt to whoever won the tournament so Kenta can be champ. I'm looking forward to the match. Kenta and John Moxley is going to beat the hell out of each other. It's going to be a barn burner. <laughs> yeah, so that, that'll over be on the perfect. AEW side of things, we had a title change. Cody Rhodes finally dropped the TNT championship to Mr. Brody Lee, leader of the Dark Order. And they just finished the belt. That's so sad he didn't get a keeper for that long. I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm not a big <laughs> Cody fan, and I'm a big Dark Order fan, so <laughs> my spooky cult boy is some belt. And the whole segment afterwards was fantastic. That Cody was the beatdown, right? washed yeah. by Brody Lee to lose the belt. They're carting him out on a stretcher. Dark Order starts beating up on Cody. Then they drag out QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes and are beating them up. Brandy, his Cody's wife, runs out trying to protect Cody. So then Anna Jay, who just joined the Dark Order, starts beating the crap out of her too. <laughs> 
So they're really oh, establishing and- the Dark Order as like the faction with an AW. Yes, definitely. Because they've got a bunch of members now and now that they've got some gold and i feel like at some point soon they're going to end up winning the tag belts so the one faction is going to have a lot of pull inside of AEW. they already have a decent amount of pull i mean chili's joined the dark order oh the restaurant chain <laughs> well that's because you always feel bad when you order from them so it's like you do it in secret anyway so it fits for the dark order it does but <laughs> Brody Lee also started whacking Cody with this black bag. And then when he dumps it out, surprise, it's the old unfinished TMT belt in pieces. And he just dumps it all over Cody's face. Oh, that, that, that seems uh, a bit mean. The, the original belt wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good either. <laughs> but then again, neither is the finished one. No, it's not. It's not that much of an improvement. And then they're continuing the build for their all-out pay-per-view their main event being MJF challenging Moxley for the AEW World Championship. That'll be a good... I honestly think MJF might get the belt. Really? He's so... He still hasn't been beaten in a singles match. He's already so good on the mic. He's already kind of positioned himself as one of the company's top heels. Right. I could see them putting the belt on him and giving him a good run. Huh. That would be... That'd be interesting. Because... I And I don't know if this is fair to say. Because my knowledge of AEW is still very limited. But for a long time, it's looked like to me that there's... And I know I'm going to be using terms that they use for their faction, but it's like there's the inner circle of people, the people who helped create AEW. And it's basically like, hey, let's pile around and we all get belts and we'll just give each other belts and we can have fun with our belts. To have other people coming up now that are outside of what I perceived to be the inner circle of the founders of AEW, the guys who helped get it started, that makes me more excited. That, that feels more intriguing to me for, for Brody Lee and for MJF and for these other guys to, to get those opportunities. It is. And it's, I'm excited at the potential idea of MJF winning the world title just because other than their women's belt and the tag belt, all their singles champions have been former WWE people. Right. Chris Jericho, obviously former WWE. Moxley used to be Dean Ambrose in WWE. Cody came from WWE and Brody Lee used to be Luke Harper in WWE. So yeah, it is getting the point where I'm getting kind of tired of it, mostly just being former WWE stars in the title hunt. But at the same time, Brody Lee was so mishandled in WWE that it's harder to view him as one of those guys. Right. And especially when he's done such a fantastic role as the leader of the Dark Order. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it'll definitely be exciting to see where that goes. And mm-hmm. then another title change over on the Impact side of things. Rahit Ranju defeating Chris Bay in a triple threat match with TJ Perkins for the X Division Championship. Bay did not hold it very long. How long did he have it? Um, I can't remember exact days, but it was... I don't know if he... If he got a championship defense in, it was only one. Oh, wow. Because he had won it at uh, Slammiversary from Willie Mack. And, and that, then was, next that was like big... a month ago. That was like a month or two yeah. ago. Yeah. And then their next big show, he drops it in a triple threat. Granted, it was kind of a weird betrayal from Rohit Ranju. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this means we're going to be getting a face turn for Chris Bay as he chases back after the belt or not. Personally, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind that. Chris Bay is fantastic. 
is that I started watching Impact recently. I haven't been able to watch a whole bunch of it because you keep on telling me that it seems like right up my alley. Like they they really go into the gimmicks. They do the character work. They're, they're more playful. You know, they lean into the part that I like, the narrative, the theatrical side of wrestling more so. And what I've have, seen, I've liked. Yeah. So and they I, also I'm have probably the best women's division in the world. Oh, nice. So I, I'm looking forward to watching more and more of it. You know, it, it, there's a lot of wrestling. We've talked about this. We're in the golden age of wrestling. There's so much to watch. Uh, yeah. It's hard to keep up. <laughs> we definitely are in kind of the era of like an overabundance of not even just wrestling as a whole, but good wrestling. Yeah. That's, that's why cool. I'm here to try to keep up with it for everyone. <laughs> and speaking of keeping up with it, a whole bunch of stuff happened in GCW this weekend. Tell us about that. They did. They ran a whole weekend event first night of it on saturday being tournament of survival five phenomenal show start to finish every match was fantastic alex colon now back-to-back tournament of survival winner first man to ever do that beating first round he beat schlock second round beating atticus kogar who's part of 440h which is ricky shane page's evil faction of angry ohio boys (laughs) and then in the finals going on to beat gcw world champion ricky shane page so beyond just winning tournament of survival but also by winning it by pinning the world champion i have to imagine he's going to get a world title shot here soon but ricky shane page is notorious for dodging challengers so who knows how that'll go because i know he snaked his way out of defending the belt against matthew justice at their upcoming indianapolis show i i love cowardly heel champion i i don't know why i love that they deceived or they did fight really hard to get the belt but as with most villains they're so fragile and self-conscious that they won't take any real threats i would like i would genuinely love to see a heel champion only allow jobbers to go up against him like i'd love to see someone like in the wwe like someone with the universal championship have it but every week norman smiley comes out (laughs) that sounds like my worst nightmare (laughs) no he gets stomped every week though (laughs) but by different champions He's just going, he's just trying. I was a jumper for 40 years. Give me one shot. I definitely, if you didn't get a chance to watch it live, catch the replay on Fight TV or IWTV for Tournament of Survival. If you're a fan of death matches, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> Ricky Shane Page stabbed Jimmy Lloyd through both cheeks with two hypodermic needles and then squirted the saline out through his cheeks. <laughs> oh, jeez. It was wild. Probably best match of the night. Either Alex Colon versus Schlock or I don't know. That Shane Mercer, Eric Ryan match was so insane. Shane Mercer is probably the strongest man in wrestling right now. He can bench press over 500 pounds. He did a picture perfect moonsault onto light tubes while holding Eric Ryan in a way where there's no option or any kind of way for Eric Ryan to even like assist. He's just dead weight. Ugh, I I don't... You showed me that clip, and I still don't fully comprehend how that worked. Oh, he also did a one-handed gorilla press, but he, like, tossed him up and dropped Eric Ryan into some light tubes that he swung up at him. Whew. Shane Mercer is crazy. <laughs> and, and he got all that in and didn't even win in the first round. Eric Ryan beat him. 
<laughs> seems, seems like that's a bit unfair. Oh, uh, yeah, but death matches are Eric Ryan's win wheelhouse. He did just win the 2020 King of the Death Match tournament um, about a month or two ago. Oh, nice. But then there's on Sunday night, they ran another show, GCW's Jersey Shore, which mm, AR Fox wrestled on both making his GCW debut alongside Andrew Everett on Tournament of Survival and a Scramble which he won and then won on the Jersey Shore show. So AR Fox undefeated in GCW. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Super happy to see my boy finally debut on the premier indie. Only other major thing off the top of my head is we had the Black Label Pro Championship change hands twice in the span of an hour. So what happened with that? Uh, Eric Stevens was running some weird show and he was the champion. Main event was defending against Calvin Tankman, who I've recently discovered and fallen in love with. Calvin Tankman is probably the best super heavyweight on the indie circuit right now very big boy very agile super hard hitting he beat eric stevens to win the championship and then jake something showed up and won the belt off of tankman so tankman was one you were telling me about he's the hoss to, to end all hosses right he is the hoss to end all hosses right now <laughs> and he just recently i believe signed a deal with major league wrestling so he's rising on up awesome well that is gonna be it for that recap let's go we're gonna take a quick little break and then we're gonna jump into our review of the last twe show we uh, went to hey there everyone thank you so much for sticking with us after that break Let's go ahead and talk about the TWE show from 822 that we went to. Wow. What a show. <laughs> like, again, like I know we say this every week. They continue to impress us, perhaps even more so every single week. Now, TWE blew me away this last Saturday night. Already starting things off on a very strong note by having the tag title match kick off the show between the Young Bloods and Jake Murphy and Lutha X. Yep, which we got a, a title change during that we did jake murphy and lutha x your new twe tag team champions and they already set up their title match for seven years strong they're going to defend the belts against bailey blake and carson dillbeck upcoming prospect recently debuted trained by twe themselves this will be his first championship match i believe in his wrestling career yeah, no, because this, this would be, by by that point, it'll probably be his, like, fifth or sixth match. Mm-hmm. Um, which is going to be interesting. I'm very curious if they let them have it or not. That That's where I think the entry is going to come, because that's an extremely green wrestler getting getting a title shot, which is almost unheard of. Yeah, and I think it'll be a good match. He's got Bailey on his side, and with Lutha X and Jake Murphy in there, you know it's going to be magical. Oh, yeah. As I believe that Carson has had really solid chemistry with everyone that he's faced so far. I think he's he done has really, really well. His match with Jake Murphy was really good. They had fantastic chemistry. Oh yeah, yeah they did. And it was one of those things where they are so similar in their builds that there was really no height or strength experience. It really just came down to in-ring experience. Yeah, and I think Carson did a really good job. I'm, I was really, really impressed that last time, really impressed this time, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. I, I think it'll be a good match, and they added the stipulation that if Dilbeck and Blake lose, then Bailey Blake has to leave TWE forever. Yeah. Which... So we'll see how that goes. And then they 
we had an interesting, I'm, I'm not sure how to describe Jaden Newman versus Cody Manhorn. <laughs> I it was a fantastic love- match, but the first five minutes is honestly probably the most entertaining stuff I've seen TWE do with the coach, Cody Manhorn, challenging Jaden to a squat off. And he does this. <laughs> He, he does so many squats that Jaden's thighs are on fire. <laughs> so he's selling his legs for the whole match. And then uh, I think Jaden gets thrown into the rope or runs in the rope to do a move to Cody. And Cody dodges and then just starts instructing uh, Jaden the entire time. Uh, you know, keeps on running back and forth. So he does, you know, laps, you know, back and forth in the ring. Oh, for a good 15 times, I would say. <laughs> It was so good. Definitely hope that this is kind of where the Cody Manhorn character is going. I like the silly side of it because he's still really good in the ring too. He's got some wild headbutt. Yeah, he does. And the amount of moves he's able to pull off, the number of suplexes and slams that he was able to do, which is really impressive because he's a smaller guy. He's a smaller guy and Jaden's not particularly a big dude, but he's not small either. He's definitely pretty well built, but the way Cody was slinging him around and even a few shows prior when he was wrestling Lutha X and hitting all those same suplexes effortlessly. Yeah. And again, I'm a big sucker. I know we've talked about this before. I'm a sucker for like moves for like big spots. I love slams. I love suplexes. I, I eat it up every time. So while the more technical side of things are interesting, I like the, the big moves so much more. And Cody does a great job about mixing it up, you know, to use his size to his advantage, to be able to use his power uh, to his advantage. I I fall more and more in love with Cody Manhorn every uh, time we're at TWE. Absolutely. He's definitely become one of my favorite parts of the show. So we brought a friend this time to the show. First time she's ever seen wrestling, pretty much ever. Like not even just on TV, just in general, first time she ever saw wrestling. And she was over the moon with Cody. That's that's probably her favorite wrestler from the night. Like it was amazing. We also had the TWE championship match get set up for seven years strong with Derek Neal and Brett Eisen brawling from the arena into the parking lot to all across Dayton Boulevard. So we'll see that championship rematch in the main event of seven years strong. Hopefully the human shotgun pulls through. Absolutely. I, I want him to, to to defeat Derek Neal and his giant goofy belt, which I, I heard you. I heard you because we sit on opposite sides of the arena just to make sure that we're, we're able to see everything and we can discuss it later. I heard you from the other side of the building go, get a bigger belt. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't me. That was my friend, Zach. Oh, the one that sounded just like I thought it was you. <laughs> That cracked us up on the other side. Like I said, it's great. So I'm looking forward to Brett winning against Derek. That, that's my hope. That's my goal is for the human shotgun to retain. Absolutely. And then we had the main event of the night. Our main event, which was very close. This show was really hard to pick like a match of the night just because there was so many incredible matches. But the main event, the mercenary with the main, Graham Bell, defeating Rob Killjoy, getting his first victory in TWE. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and it was a hard-fought victory, and it was so good. It was an incredible match. Rob Killjoy is a delight to see every time. Absolutely. I'd love to see him return to TWE with 
the rest of the ugly duckling. Absolutely. I, I think they are a delight. I, he is so good on his own. I can only imagine how good he is with his team. Like it's, it's gotta be absolutely amazing. It has to be. If he's that good as a singles wrestler and his main thing is tag team and six man tags with the ducklings, then I can only imagine how good they all are together. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But there are so many great maneuvers. And again, Graham Bell's kicks. Easily some of the nastiest kicks on the indie circuit right now. They are vicious. Like every single one has that pop, has that smack. It is vicious every time. Like I feel bad for for whoever's getting them every single time. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're doing with Graham Bell in the future of TWE. He's definitely a fun piece of the roster. Fantastic worker. He can work the crowd so well. (laughs) His match with O'Shea Edwards at the two shows ago was absolutely fantastic as well. Absolutely. Now, I want to share my favorite um, crowd work (laughs) that he did. So there was some girl that was just yelling um, throughout the show and Graham just looked at her and said hey you fat hussy shut up or I'll get you and your man pregnant <laughs> he had a lot of really good there was that there was him yelling at the kids in the crowd saying he would beat up an entire kindergarten class <laughs> to which my friend Zach immediately stood up and yelled let's go Graham Bell versus 26 children <laughs> and My favorite is uh, some girl was yelling at him to stop cheating. And he just, without skipping a beat, swerves his head at her and just goes, the only cheating that's going to be going on tonight is what you're going to be doing to your boyfriend. (laughs) He is vicious. Like, he is so so vicious. Like, honestly, I don't know what part of the match I like more. Him just verbally destroying people in the audience or him physically destroying people in the ring. (laughs) You get the best of both worlds. (laughs) It's it almost like in some weird way, and I know this is going to be a lot of praise, it reminds me of The Rock in some ways. I can see that. Just the way he works with the crowd and no matter what they throw at him, he can throw it right back. Yeah. And so he's doing really, really well. And I know that this coming up week, I'm not sure if he's on the roster. I know they still haven't announced the full roster. As of recording, they haven't really announced what's going on at the final stop other than Brett Eisen and Derek Neal. But I know that it's going to be, again, an amazing show. We have an idea of what's going on after that with the seven-year strong show. We do. We have the two title matches. We have Trevor Eon versus Jaden Newman. That's going to be a really good match. I'm I'm really enjoying Trevor Eon. I, I think Trevor Eon's great. definitely been one of the most impressive guys that I've seen at TWE. Mm-hmm. Just the way he moves around the ring and the way he knocks you senseless with those brutal forearms mm-hmm. is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. It's so also have some of the best entrance gear right now. <laughs> yeah. He is a fully realized character. He's a fully realized wrestler. And it's he had an iced out grill with fangs. Yeah. Extru- like it's great. Like I love the whole goth look. It's amazing. It's so good. Like I said, I-, I am very much looking forward to the final stop. I'm looking forward to Seven Year Strong. And then there's the The uh, Future the- Showcase Tournament, uh double header show where which Adam Priest beat Aaron Wade to qualify for. And then they also announced O'Shea Edwards versus MLW superstar Logan Creed. Not too wild about that match. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Logan Creed sucks. (laughs) 
maybe maybe this will be a moment. Maybe when we see him live and against someone as good as O'Shea, maybe that will change your opinion. I'm hoping my opinion changes, but of what I've seen of him in MLW, he is by far the least impressive person on the entire roster. <laughs> I, I still think I think the future showcase is still going to be good. You know, as they've mentioned before, some of the past winners uh, have included Marco Stunt, who's in AEW now. It really seems like it's a good springboard that they get really good talent to show up to this thing. It's going to be an amazing doubleheader. Oh, absolutely. Um, even though only three out of the, I believe, nine competitors have been announced, I'm pulling for my boy Adam Priest to pull through and get the win. Oh, yeah, he's so good. He's great. He's like a short Chris, or I guess shorter Chris Benoit. Yeah, he's got an intensity. He's got a style that is unparalleled right now. And I think that's one of the things I like about TWE as well, is that there's such variety, not only in the characters, in the gimmicks, but also in ring as well. Yet the, the core guys that are there week in and week out have such great chemistry that they can work with each other no matter what and pull off an amazing match. And then when they get these guests in as well, that they can seamlessly plug people in and do some amazing stuff. Absolutely. And we've already seen quite a few pretty solid guest spots appear. We saw Cole Radrick appear on our first show, actually, in a fantastic match. That was so good to see Cole Radrick live. He is an incredible performer. I am looking forward to what surprises are in store. And I said, and again, every week they surprise me. Every week they impress me. I'm I'm all in for TWE. I'm it is my go-to promotion now. I get so excited every time we know there's going to be a show. I do too. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping, still fingers crossed, that one of those surprises later down the road, the Human Shotgun Brett Ison versus the King of Death, the God of Death matches, Nick Gage. <laughs> I feel like we should start a GoFundMe. Like, I don't know how much it costs to get Nick Gage, but we should, like, pull our resources and get him here. It's going to be a minute. He's got a hurt foot. He's on the injury list right now. So, see, that gives us time to save up the money. It does. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think that covers everything for TWE. I think it's time to get to, to the big part where so much happened. WWE pulled out all the stops this weekend. Absolutely. We had a phenomenal NXT takeover. SummerSlam was a fun show. And then the Monday Night Raw following, we had a very impressive debut. Yeah. So we'll go ahead. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Let's go ahead and jump into the big shows. We had NXT TakeOver X and SummerSlam this weekend. So I think let's jump into NXT first, right? Damian Priest, your newly minted NXT North American champion. I'm yeah. not super thrilled, but I'm not upset with it either. Like, at least they didn't put the belt on Velveteen Dream. <laughs> Because I was honestly really worried they were going to. Yeah, that'd be that'd be quite tone deaf uh, at the but, time. I mean, Damian Priest, he's super talented. I think he'll have a good little run with the belt. He had a decent championship run with the TV title and Ring of Honor right before he jumped over to NXT. Honestly, but I'm. I think that was an amazing match. There were spots and setups in there that were absolutely amazing in the five-man ladder match. I was blown away. Like I, w- I would see them set something up, and I'm like, what are they going to do with that? Over and over again, and it did not disappoint. It was crazy. 
over and over again. Only thing that didn't disappoint is that our North American champion isn't Cameron Grimes, baby. <laughs> so I I did not like Cameron Grimes for I a while. I love Cameron Grimes. I didn't like her for a while, but now I I think I love Cameron Grimes. Like I don't know what it is. It, it's something switched inside of me. I I love. He cracks me up. He's so funny. He's such a fun heel. <laughs> It's like I'm hoping that we we see more and more of him because I just I I love what he does. And I said that five man ladder match was absolutely outstanding. It, it had me hyped the entire time. I was just blown away. It was a pretty good match. Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher was fun. So I know you. I like think Thatcher, Thatcher. should have just squashed Balor. See, I know you like Timothy Thatcher. I I still don't. I do not like Timothy. I don't like watching him wrestle. I don't like seeing his face. I don't like anything that he does. It just, it annoys me. I, I don't know what it is. I just do not like him. And I don't like watching him. Because you don't like technical wrestling that much. I don't at all. And he is the technical wrestler's technical wrestler. Yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about it. So I, I think that match I did not care for. I enjoyed it. I mean, I was sad to see Thatcher lose, but I just like that they're using him. He got to wrestle on takeover well i think it's weird they were doing that whole uh catches catch can thatcher wrestling school thing but ever since they've done that i don't think he's won a single match no <laughs> like i'm teaching you guys how to be great wrestlers as i lose all my matches <laughs> he hasn't really had a big significant win since the fight pit was that what they called it yeah, with with Matt, Matt Riddle, Riddle, which that was a fun match. Yeah. Riddle and Thatcher, that just already have incredible chemistry together from their evolved days. Yeah. I, again, I like Matt Riddle, though, so I, that helped elevate it. Finn Balor, I like a lot, too. But it, it, felt, it felt sluggish. And that was after the ladder match as well, right? No, Balor-Thatcher kicked off the show. Oh, it did. Okay. And so maybe that's what, maybe there was no momentum and it was supposed to be momentum starting and it just, it didn't get that ball rolling for me the way that I think it did for maybe some other. We also had Io Shirai successfully defending her NXT Women's Championship against Dakota Kai. That was probably the only match of the night that I was kind of split 50-50 on who I thought would win. Yeah. Because I wanted Io to retain, but i I don't know. There's just something about it that with how they built her, I kept thinking this is going to be Dakota Kai's time. Mm -hmm. I love Dakota Kai. I think we were talking about this before the show. I love Kiwis, people from New Zealand, and I love I love their accent. I love their mannerisms. And I don't think there's enough Kiwis in wrestling in general. And so it made me really excited when I realized she was from New Zealand. And so I just immediately got behind her. Uh, I still love EO. I think EO is great. Honestly, and this will kind of circle back into the main event of the night. Uh, I was expecting her to lose her title and get pulled up at some point. I'm expecting her to get pulled up any week now. She, I do think the second they take the belt off of her, she's going up because she's, she's just too good to keep an NXT. She's the best women's wrestler in the world. Yeah. Oh, she's absolutely... By head and shoulders. It was an amazing match. I said, she's so good. She's fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, we had a pretty fun Haas fight for our main event. Keith Lee defending the NXT Championship against the man with the rocket strapped to his back, Karrion Cross. That boy's going straight to the moon. Karrion Cross, mm, 
they are so on board with his push. Yeah, they are. They they have rallied around him. I mean, he basically came in what two months ago and is already the NXT champion. Yeah, he main evented the last takeover by squashing Champa. Yeah, it's insane. I said, and I, my wife and I love him and Scarlett. We love their look. We love their gimmick. We love. Like their entrance. My wife loves that, you know, six minute long entrance. So it's, it's so cool though. It's so great. I said, and then I don't know, there's something about him. And I think it's funny, like we follow him and Scarlett on Instagram. And to see them on NXT being super foreboding and menacing and evil. And then you see them on Instagram just smiling on the beach. Like, I love it. Like, I don't know why I love it so much, but behind this angry, domineering man in the ring, it's just a guy who's just happy to hang out with his wife on the beach. You <laughs> know, just having a good old time. <laughs> he is having a good old time. Now he's got some gold. Yeah, but it was a really great match. Um, a little bit of a shock that Keith Lee lost. I mean, we were discussing it beforehand that if Carrion lost, that would, I think, kill his momentum that he had because he's been built as this unstoppable force. Yeah, I do think that it would have done them more harm than good by having Keith Lee retain. And I'm excited to see where they're going to go with NXT now basically being led by Karrion Cross. Yeah. Because our baby boy Keith Lee's moving up to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, he is. Debuted uh, on Monday, uh, which... They announced during SummerSlam, which SummerSlam blew me away this year. SummerSlam was really good this year. Like, I like, I like, this was the first time that I saw the Thunderdome because I didn't watch SmackDown. So it was my first experience with it. I really like it. I think it is a great fit. It feels nice, even if it is just people on screens, but to have a crowd, to have that scale and that scope, the pyro, the full length of an entrance ramp, the Titantron, I love it. I, I think it is fantastic. I like the I like everything about the Thunderdome, I think, except the fans. <laughs> it just looks weird and creepy. Yeah, I think that's the... And again, we've talked about this before. No one hates wrestling like wrestling fans. And we've had a couple of people crossing the line in the crowd. Which yeah, honestly, there was uh, somebody on Raw in a KKK uniform, also on Raw, Someone just held up a picture of Benoit. There was the there Fire was Velveteen one, Dream. Mm, the Fire Velveteen Dream one, though, making it on during SummerSlam was great. And then a <laughs> few wrestlers liked some tweets about it. Yeah, I saw that. Because I know uh, Rhea Ripley did. Yes. You know, so it's one of those things where I, and again, like the NBA and several other sports are doing this same setup and they're not having the same problems that wrestling is. Like, I don't know why wrestling fans just want to ruin everything. Because they're wrestling fans. (laughs) And of course, like I've seen on Reddit and on a couple of Facebook groups, they're like, can you believe WWE did this? WWE didn't do anything. (laughs) That's on the people two jack holes in there that are acting a fool like wwe wasn't like hey could you guys do some really awful stuff for us real quick yeah no, that'd be great thank you no because as soon as they realized anybody's doing anything they shouldn't be they immediately pull them from the thunderdome and slap a new fan in their spot yeah and i said i just i don't Ex- i'm so glad they didn't take away pikachu though pikachu was watching SummerSlam. <laughs> i I did see someone's suggestion on Reddit and I like, I like wholesome pranking with the video and wholesome pranking in general. Someone suggested that everyone should sync it up and hold their cat up in front of the camera. So that way it's just a bunch of cats watching the match. I wish. <laughs> I just, 
imagine the entirety of the Thunderdome just cat faces. <laughs> they do it during an Italia match. She would love it. Hmm. I just, I don't know. The Thunderdome was, it looks pretty. It just reminds me of that scene in The Dark Knight when Morgan Freeman's showing Batman the giant computer <laughs> screen. That's what it feels like when it's like hard cam side on the Thunderdome. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can I can very easily see that. But, let's, let's but about- other than that, super fun show. I'd say, honestly, probably the only low-end match on there was the Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Loser Leaves WWE match. I did love uh, Mandy Rose chucking chairs across the top of the table and Sonya having to duck them. I that was awesome. so good, but not as good as at the beginning of the match, Mandy Rose struggling <laughs> to get that table set up. It took her like, I don't think I've ever seen someone struggle that hard with setting up a table. Well, my favorite part about that, because it got so long that I got tired of watching her try to set it up that I started looking around and I saw like Sonya's head like pop up like a little prairie dog <laughs> trying to be like, okay, what's going on now? <laughs> she had to tuck back down. And it's like, wait till she was able to like, know exactly what was going on. <laughs> Come on. Out. And no one even went through the table. It was a very, for a no DQ match, it was very by the books and by the rules. Yeah, it was. There was like a couple chair, not even like real chair shots, like those weird jabs to the ribs that they do. Yeah. There's like a couple of those at the start. And then Mandy Rose was using chairs as skipping stones, basically <laughs> trying to decapitate Sonya. Just still awesome. Like, I, I like that spot. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. If I have, it's been a while. But I've I, never seen that before. I like it. Like, I hope that is something they try to do a little bit more often they incorporate that little move occasionally from here on out it was fun and the raw tag title match was also probably it was by no means a bad match but it was just it felt like a raw match yeah it wasn't anything we've seen that match play out several times already i was mostly surprised to see street profits actually retain i was mostly surprised to see street profits retain i honestly thought andrade and angel garza were going to get the belt i i did too like I, at this point i'm really curious what they're doing with andrade and garza because they they had a back and forth where one of them would win one of them would lose back and forth you know they brought in the viking raiders at one point they had the viking profits it was this whole back and forth but they're not pushing garza and um, andrade like i thought they would i thought they would be like a dominant heel thing to do i did too i'm a little bit surprised to see them lose i feel like at some point they're gonna get another shot and pick the belts up maybe payback because there were a couple big matches there was the big title chain we had oscar and two matches the one against bailey and the one against sasha which the bailey match was really really good i wasn't surprised that she lost i was still upset (laughs) i thought it was gonna be the other way around i thought bailey was gonna lose the belt and sasha would keep hers but no sasha banks is the choke artist and four-time women's champion never once defended the belt yeah but it it plays into their story really well they built it up sasha went in to help bailey bailey did not go in to help sasha you know it's building up that resentment and they're gonna let sasha be the one that you know calls for the belt with smackdown is my my hunch but the sasha oscar match whoo there was, that was a good a, match. There was a moment where I actually, my wife and I were not able to enjoy the match because we were concerned for Asuka. The power bomb off the apron. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I was 
genuinely concerned. I was like, she might have a concussion. Like the way that she hit that thud, like I was like, it was devastating to watch. And like for the next couple of minutes, we were we're trying to see her eyes. Like, is she okay? Like, is she aware what's going on? You know, then they just booted her in the face and I'm like, come on. It's like someone please check on Asuka, make sure she's safe. And you saw the, uh, or I guess you didn't because you said you didn't watch Raw, but they set up the women's tag belts are going to be defended at payback. Yeah. But it's Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, two people that have basically been feuding with each other. Yeah, I don't know the purpose behind that. Again, I... I don't know why Nia Jax is getting any belt opportunities. Every time she wrestles someone, I just get scared. And I love the Bailey Sasha dynamic. I think it's been building really, really well. And I'm really, really scared Nia's going to hurt somebody. Not even that, but also if they're the ones that take the belts off of Bailey and Sasha Banks, shame on them for giving Nia Jax a women's tag run before Riot Squad. Yeah. Because Ruby was so criminally underutilized. But the two women's titles matches were pretty good we had the pre-show united states championship match apollo cruz beating mvp and then setting up lashley challenging for the u.s belt at payback which i'm very intrigued like i've heard rumors that payback is basically SummerSlam night yes and they they did this oh not that long ago a few years ago where they did payback and then i want to say it was extreme rules was like the next week or two weeks later I'm very intrigued to see what all actually unfolds during that. You know, because we had Drew beat Randy, which I was so scared that Randy was going to win. I I don't want Randy to have another belt. I, I don't care for it. I want him to to be back to where he is with non-belt contention matches. <laughs> like, stay away from it. Hopefully that's what we're going to get because payback... Uh, one of the big marquee matches is Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. And hopefully, baby boy Keith Lee will win and beat Randall Bobandle. That'll be nice. Because <laughs> boy, do I hate Randy Orton. I, who I hate Randy. And like, yeah, he's been doing real good lately, but I will never enjoy seeing Randy Orton in the main event scene. No. And, and I, like, I, I think we talked about this before. I miss Cena's whole run in WWE. I miss the entirety of it. Uh, but he has the record with 16 times, right? 16 time world champion. Uh, Yeah, he's tied to Ric Flair's record. Okay. And again, I Rand- think Randy's three belts away from tying that. Yeah, he's. I think he's at 13 right now. He's at 13 or 14. And he doesn't need to be on the same level as John Cena and Ric Flair. Randy Orton is a good name. He's done well, but he is not the person that's put in the work like Ric Flair or John Cena. He, he didn't elevate WWE at any point. He didn't make people want to tune in and watch WWE. He didn't change the game. Wrong. <laughs> Why? First go-around of Legend Killer Orton was incredible. (laughs) Randy Orton beating up old people every week was so good. And I think that's one of the only reasons why I've been enjoying Randy lately is because he's just doing Legend Killer again and punting old people. (laughs) And it's fun. Like, I've really enjoyed the segment when he turned on Ric Flair, punched him in the wiener, and then punted him. (laughs) It was good. Top-notch stuff, Randall. I just, I just, before we move on to the Universal Championship match, which was fantastic, I just, I guess this is more a question to everyone. Does RKO's, is it just 
his initials Randall Keith Orton or is it Randy Knockout? Yes. I really hope it's Randy Knockout because that sounds dumber. <laughs> what if he's just a big Kevin Owens fan? So it's, actually, it's supposed to be R and there's like a heart and then it's KO. Because only reason it can't be is because he's been using that since before Kevin Owens was in the company. So it would have been RKS. <laughs> There's a reason. I, I, I think that Randall Knockout is the best option. I like Randall that. Knockout is the best. It's better than he hit him with the Randy Keith Orton. <laughs> I want to hear Michael Cole say the words Randy Knockout. <laughs> and if you think about it, like RKO sounds cool. But if you really think about what it means, like it's so stupid. <laughs> it's, either the, it's either the dude's name, he hit you with himself, or he hit you with Randy Knockout. I'm waiting for that promo. explains the RKO more. Our super wowie zowie fun time main event, Braun Strowman defending the Universal Championship against the Fiend Bray Wyatt. His entrance with the Thunderdome looks so good. Yes. And I like that we're back to heel Braun. He shaved his head since he's balding. Which is good. I was, I was telling my wife for a while, I was like, he need like, do what I did. I knew, I realized when I was balding, and I was like, no, no, no. I'm not going to be that guy shaving it. I'm just going to shave it so that... Exactly. Way. Corbin just did that a couple years ago. Yeah. And it works. Own it. Own the baldness. And plus, I appreciate that Braun is shaved with a big old bushy beard because I see a little bit of myself. <laughs> I feel like Braun is like five of you. (laughs) At at the very least. But if you think about it, we're both uh, bald. We both have beards. We both have a state tattooed on our our, uh, bicep. And there was that one time at Chat State where you flipped over the ambulance. I did do that. So, I mean, when you think about it, I could be Braun Strowman. You're just like a slightly shorter Braun Strowman. Yeah, I just just a smidge, just just a foot or two just shorter. A couple inches. <laughs> I, th- I think I think I'm, I'm a solid three man inches shorter than him. <laughs> three man inches. <laughs> <laughs> but Braun Strowman losing the Universal Championship to the Fiend, all is right in the world. It was fun having a heel versus heel feud. Yes, I really really like that. Like, and yeah, you're gonna cheer for Bray Wyatt because he's awesome, but. He's still very much like the bad guy and yeah. Braun Strowman turning evil and then Roman Reigns coming back and beating up everyone at the end. And I still, we talked about this, I think it was last night. I still think that Roman is a heel, is a heel now. I think he's nah. a bad guy. I, I think he's a bad guy. I, fans have wanted it for a long time. He came out there talking trash, being super good. He's, you know, yelled at Braun, you know, you're only a monster when I'm here. Like, like asserting his dominance. Like, plus, additionally, I think that Roman is in charge of retribution. I still think Kevin Owens is secretly in charge of retribution. Or it's going to be cocaine cowboy Shane McMahon. <laughs> Are they still doing Underground? Have they killed it yet? No, Raw Underground's still going. And let me tell you, <laughs> it's still great. Bobby Lashley straight up murdered a man. <laughs> Like he was choking him out with, I think it was a dragon sleeper. And the way the dude's body went limp, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> it's great. I love Raw Underground. I wish they'd bring back the dancers. <laughs> I am glad that Bobby's back in it because they're, you know, the the hurt business took over. And like the next week they weren't there at all. And I'm like, they weren't. <laughs> I thought you guys took over. Why, why is Shane still here? Also, Shane needs to stop showing up in it. Like MVP needs to do the play calling. Cause no. Shane is, is so, Shane... like, oh, and there's a move and oh, and it's, oh, it's over. 
Shane just looks like he's coked out having a midlife crisis. And I love it. Oh my God. I, I need, I need to, I need to put my guard down a little bit because like every time it comes on, I'm like, ugh. but I need to like, just like kind of relax. I'm like, it's goofy. Let me just let it happen and see if I can enjoy it that way. I don't, th- I don't think you understand. Raw Underground's actually one of my favorite parts of Raw now. <laughs> like, I remember after the first night, they're like, we have Raw Underground coming on at 10. And I was like, what is this? Mmm, <laughs> boy, did it. I didn't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. But it's so much more than I wanted it to be. I do, I do like the look of Fight Club Dolph Ziggler, though. Fight Club Dolph Ziggler's nice. I just don't like Dolph Ziggler. No, I don't either. But I, he like. Looks- Ziggler is a perfect dude to use Ronderground for since he's got a legitimate, really good amateur wrestling background. Mm-hmm. So might as well put that on display. But why do that when you could just not have him on TV? <laughs> because it's better that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you keep him off TV long enough, he's going to leave. And then he's going to pop up somewhere else. And that makes me more upset. <laughs> Because he'll really thrive somewhere else, and I don't want to see Ziggler thrive. (laughs) You want him to suffer. (laughs) Yeah, I want Ziggler to lose every match. He'll randomly get... I want him to stop getting random WWE championship matches during the summer. (laughs) He's got nothing else to do. He's got nothing. We did forget to mention the most... uh, I don't know about most impressive debut, not even of the weekend, because Pat McAfee and Adam Cole at TakeOver tore it down. But Dominic Mysterio... Oh, yeah, Dominic killed it. Dominic crushed it in his in-ring debut with Seth. They had great chemistry. Seth Rollins' uh, old WCW Rey Mysterio gear was beautiful. When he came out, I was like, wait a second. I know that. I know that. I know that. And then they said it. They're like, it's the Halloween Havoc outfit. I'm like, you son of a... (laughs) That was mm, so good. I also love that whenever they first showed up and you see Dominic walking through the door with the backpack and the button up and it looks like Ray and his wife are dropping him off at college for the first time. <laughs> so yeah, but no, that was great. We're looking forward to what they're going to do with them. Let's go. We're going to take a quick little break. We're going to wrap up the show. So stay tuned. Thank you so much. everyone thank you so much for sticking with us after that last break so we have an exciting episode to announce we're going to be doing a two-part interview with miranda gordy that's right daughter of legend terry bam bam gordy she currently holds if i'm not mistaken four different belts in the independent scene including the texlahoma women's champion she won another belt this past weekend We're going to catch up with her. She's going to share some stories about her father, about her brother, Ray. And then in the second part of the interview, we're going to go ahead and find out more about her and her rise and her interest in wrestling and really what pushed her into finally jumping into the family business. So thank you so much for staying with us this episode. Looking forward to seeing you next week. See you later.